my name is Sarah Norton. Today we'll be reading from Jude 1, 17 through 25. If you're using our Pew Bible, it is on page 1,117. And I'll give you a moment to get there. All righty. But you must remember, beloved, the predictions of the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ. They said to you, in the last, last time there will be scoffers following their own ungodly passions. It is in these who cause divisions, most holy faith, and praying in the Holy Spirit. Keep yourselves in the love of God, waiting for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ that leads to eternal life. And have mercy on those who doubt. Save others by snatching them out of the fire to others able to keep you from stumbling and to present you from blameless before presence of his glory with great joy. To the only God, our Savior, through Jesus Christ, our Lord, be glory, majesty, dominion, and authority before all the time. You know, some of us Christians live as though Jesus is dead. He's not dead. It's in your trials and your temptations and your testings and your pressures. And you're under satanic attack all the time, constantly. You know, I think in many ways, in some ways, it's easier not to be a Christian in this world. Unless you live on your knees and live in the scriptures and keep your guard up and have your spiritual armor on at all times. Because if you let down even one day as a Christian, you're in trouble. The moment you're against the time as a Christian, and that's hard. Nod your head, it's okay. Man, that's going to be sad. That's the last week that we have that. I know, I know. Can we give it up? Hey, that was 100% produced and made from our media department. So, it's <clears throat> got uh, two announcements that I want to talk about before we dive into the sermon. As uh, many of you know, we have been praying for a long time as a congregation to expanding our staff and everything, and we have hired an executive pastor. For Alex Clark, you'll see him running around with his sweet wife, Megan, their beautiful son, Judah, and they are actually coming from Spring this week, and um, he's going to be here full time. It's going to be awesome. We're super excited, but here's one thing I'm asking you, okay? I don't hardly ever do this. This, all right, but I'm going to lay down the pastor card right now, okay? I don't ever do this. Um, they are moving in, having a family, having a child, moving in, cooking dinners, unpacking boxes. All of that can get quite hectic, and then filling a pantry and a refrigerator that was once full, uh, full and now is going to be empty. And some of y'all are like, Psh, I'm going to do is this week. While you're out and about shopping, do whatever, going to your favorite restaurant, this, that, or the other, next Sunday, we're going to have a table set up in, a lo uh, in the lobby with a picture and a basket. And I want you guys to be coming here and serving us by getting them some gift cards, whether it be to Walmart, any of that stuff. I remember back in the day when my dad was a pastor and we would good, but some of y'all are like, what? And that's what I thought as a kid too. And they would give you like canned goods and stuff like that. But listen, we want to show our 
love and our thankfulness. So this week, your to-do list, pick up a gift card, a grocery gift card, whatever that is, and come prepared next week in order to give to them, okay? Secondly, our secretary, Miss Frankie Moe, who is a wonderful lady who tracks me down like a headhunter for receipts and all that good stuff. She uh, really makes things work around here. Miss Frankie is on the way to the ER. She was complaining of some... I just want to pray for her and if you would join me in prayer, okay? So Father God, we come before you right now. We thank you so much for Frankie Moe, for her life, for her woman does. And, and, and she loves being behind the scenes and she loves telling people what they need to do. But God, right now, we just pray that you would touch her body in a miraculous way, whether it be through the doctors, through the nurses there in the ER, through the medicine, whatever it is. But God, we pain would go away and that the healing process would continue. God, we love you and we pray all of these things in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. Thanks for letting us do that. We'll keep you up to date. Hey, it's our last week in the book of Jude. If you want to catch up on that, you can go to our website. We're going to do a little bit of a quick review. The first thing is this. What's the theme of this letter? The theme of the letter is that Christians are called to contend in Asia Minor. False teaching has crept in. There's confusion. There's possible division. And Jude is writing to them almost like a corner man or a coach for the team saying it is time to step up and it's time to step out and as Christians how to do that. And so we learn this, that we're called to contemplate the gospel long before we contend for the gospel. It's, we don't get our pieces, but we're mad about it. That's not what it is. Jude says, first and foremost, love the gospel. Think about the gospel. Meditate on the gospel. Contemplate on your identity in Christ. Listen, I'm an identity in Jesus Christ. And then the second week we learn this, that we are called to contend for the faith with compassion and conviction, grace and truth. Jesus was full of grace, and we call it grace or truth. But the reality and the reason why it's so difficult is because we find ourselves in times in a conversation where we need to speak truth in love. And then sometimes we end with compassion and conviction. And then last week, we turned up the dial a little bit and we learned this, that Christians are called to avoid apostasy at all cost. And we learned this, we, we learned some to distort the faith of Jesus Christ outright. You know who Jesus is. You know the gospel. You have tasted the sweetness of that grace, but you willingly return to ungodliness. It was a heavy sermon last week. A call to arms. And it's been such a word for our congregation in this time, right now, in the world. Getting ready to go, right? And he's getting ready to send us out. He's closing the letter. These are marching orders, final words. And, and maybe as a way of introduction, this will be helpful. This is a picture. Uh, between many architects, the Golden Gate Bridge is by far one of the greatest architectural achievements in American history. Um, the bridge literally spans almost a mile width of water. Here's a picture of, uh, picture of 1833 on the tail end of the Depression. There were literally construction workers lined up every single day just to get a job. 
But quickly is because the Golden Gate Bridge became very quickly the most dangerous construction site on the face of the earth. At the time, there were not regulations like there are today. And as a matter of fact, the Golden Gate Bridge was a catalyst in a lot of the safety procedures that we have now. In total, 11 men fell off during construction. We've got to do something here. So what they did for the very first time is they constructed what was known as a safety net. We're not working on that side, okay? And, you know, if you very quickly found out, are we working on the left side or the right side? Where's the net, okay? That's where we are working. Um, in total, that net caught underneath the net. Um, here's a fun fact. Those men actually uh, were given a nickname. If they fell and landed in the net, they were called the halfway to hell club is what they were called, okay? They were kind of brash construction workers, and so they had a little bit of instruction jumped by 27%. And the camaraderie and the tone on the construction site changed. Uh, duh, right? Going to die, and then they see the safety net. And then they see guys fall and get caught in the safety net. Bridges and construction that these men, listen, here's the key word, had assurance while they were working. They had assurance while his letter. And at a first glance, it almost looks like Jude contradicts himself. Because in verse 21, he says, keep yourselves. Then he says, build yourselves up in the faith. Okay, there's some work to do. Then in verse 24, he says, now to him who is able to keep you. Or does God keep us in the faith? Ready for this? This is it. This is the whole sermon right here. Ready for the answer? Yes. Well, no, no, wait, to the first one or to the second one? You didn't hear me the first time. Yes. Yes. Um, here's the big keeps those who keep themselves in the faith. Listen, there's some work to do. This is an ongoing relationship with Jesus Christ. The letter ends, but the work begins. Life begins now. And listen, just like the men on the Golden State Bridge, we build our life with assurance. Same God who sustains us as well. You see, many of us have it wrong. Many of us think that the grace of God snatches us out of the fires of hell, and then that's where grace ends. Oh, no, 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 my dear friends, the, the fire of hell. But he keeps us and he sustains us every single day. Listen, all I got today is good news. All I have today is good news. I don't know about you, but I'm two steps away from stupid every day of my life. The butter slides off my biscuit often, okay? What kept you in the faith depends on you, then we are in dire straits.
You see, Christians are very good about singing about the grace of God in Christ alone, the cornerstone, the weak made strong, but then the weak who make it. Because it's only about Jesus Christ. The gospel is not, I was broken and then God found me. And from that point on, I saved you, grace sustains you, grace keeps you, and grace gets you to the end. That's what it is. And Jude says the answer is yes. And we see it's found in Titus chapter 2. When he talks about the grace of God, he says this. Here it is. For the grace of God has appeared. He's talking about Jesus. The great, listen, um, by the way, God has no plan B to reveal his grace other than through the person of Jesus Christ. Jesus is it. Jesus is the grace of God. That's John 3. That's the gospel, man. The grace of God has appeared and it has brought salvation to all people training us to renounce ungodliness and worldly godly lives in the present age, waiting for the blessed hope, the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus. And you understand this next sentence, it will forever change your relationship with Jesus Christ. And it's this. Our obedience does not produce God's grace. Did you just see it? The grace of God has appeared and it's brought salvation to everybody. Woohoo! This is great, awesome. Also, the grace of God, listen, the grace forgiveness of sin, the grace of God is fuel for us to not sin. That's how powerful the grace is. And I know, listen, you start preaching this, people get nervous. Provides control. Oh, man. And we as human beings love control. Oh, man. Especially in the religious circles. So then it's, you can't drink or cuss or chew or go with girls that do. That's hard to do from Ripley County. But that's a different thing, okay? And then it's all this like extra stuff. Like, okay, so, and then somehow that stuff, don't do this, then I get this. No, wrong. Wrong. And you're like, oh yeah, preacher. Show me another. Where does Jesus say? You say it's all about Jesus. Where does Jesus? So glad you asked. I have a, the order of these words. You change the gospel of Jesus Christ. And that's why Jude's writing the letter. We always think it's out here until we realize we've changed the order in. You will. Oh, wow. It's like Jude is using Jesus' words. Keep my commandments. Love first. Some of us think that Jesus actually said, if you keep my commandments, then I will love you. And, and, and can we just, God forbid we're honest in church. Wouldn't that just be the weirdest thing? And you are exhausted. Exhausted. Because i got to be this in front of these people. And it's like, hey, brother, how are you today? Fine, fine. God is good all the time. What happened to the Jesus who said to all those who are weary and laden, come to me. That's who I came for. 
the only people Jesus came to save are the people who think they can do it on their own, Jesus had the harshest words for. So, the marching orders with grace producing our obedience, we are keeping ourselves in the love of God, but we're of God while we are building. Jude gives us four marching orders. Ready? I'm going to go through them quick. The first one is this. Remember what you were taught. Step number one. Remember what you were taught. Look at what it says. Are you guys here? Do you have enough coffee? Are we good? Here we go. I'm going to back it up. Ready? But you must remember, remember right? Hey, listen. A, a sign of, of biblical teaching is that teaching is like, wow, where did they come up with that? I call that the, the rabbit in the hat. Like, I never saw it. That's bad. You just need to see it right there. It's in the text. Jude says, all right, here's marching orders. We're closing this thing. Um, hurry up. Remember the tone that we've learned about in this letter? Jude's like contend for the faith. This is the um, fourth time that Jude uses the word beloved. That's how he refers to people. He's not slamming his apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ. They said to you, in the last time there will be scoffers following their own ungodly passions. It is these who cause division. Worldly people devoid of the spirit. I, I get really weary when, when I see the doom and gloom Christians, okay? Now, now, oftentimes there's down and out Christians. You know, it's always, um, I call those Christians Eeyore Christians. How are you? I guess so. Hey, I heard you had an answer to prayer. Yeah, but he hasn't answered the other 100. Yeah, it's just, oh my goodness gracious, man. Right, it's just, and I get it. We're down sometimes, but like, huh. So there's the down and out. They scan your hand. And there's something in the revelations. It's always the revelations. There's something in the revelations about the scanning of the hand and the, and the stuff. And it's, we're just scared. Oh, man, we're scared. And we're just scared. And we're scared all the time. If there is one thing that is promised in the scriptures is that Jesus and the prophets and the apostles say we are not surprised. People who don't love Jesus act like they don't love Jesus. And it's just all of this. Hey, listen. Hey, listen. So what? Okay, the world's going to be the world. And Jude said, but you must remember. But here's what's funny. We have doom and gloom, and we forget what the apostles have told us, what God has said about us. Um, this is a picture of Gaga. Gaga is the kid's grandma. And Gaga had a brain aneurysm that led to a bunch of complications that also triggered, like, rapid onset Alzheimer's. And so when all the diagnoses were happening, it was going on during COVID, there was a conference call and we're like family members are on the phone and her daughter Krista and we're all talking and stuff. And, and the nurse is saying, hey, listen, here's what to expect. Here's this. And I'll never forget what she said. She said, there's going, and you're going to think to yourself, who is this? And then she said these words, you have to remember that she can't remember who she is 
And maybe even towards the end of the Lord spoke and said, Jason, when you go outside my will and you pursue these things, here's the sentence. Um, At our worst moments of rebellion, who we are. That's why it's so important every day, day to day, to preach the gospel to yourself. To say about you what God says about you. Change behavior, but behavior flows from belief. You must change the inside in order to see anything from the outside. The first step to keeping and building our life is to remember what you are taught. The second, to remain in the love of God. Um, This is interesting the way these verses are constructed, okay? But you, beloved, my goodness gracious, there it is again. It's like Jude loves us, right? But you, beloved, build yourselves in the love of God waiting for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ that leads to eternal life. And have mercy on those who doubt. Save others by snatching them uh, out of the fire. Uh, And Now here's what's interesting. It looks like Jude says a lot of things to do in, in, in this portion of the verses. For the two of you who care, there's one main Greek participle. And it's keep yourselves in the love of God. In thrust, everything else is like spokes coming out of a wheel in regards to how to do that. It's not four things. How do we do that? Oh, I'm glad you asked. That's the other things, okay? So how do we keep ourselves in the love of God? Well, the first thing is this. You continue building yourself up. You continue building yourself up. He says it right there in the text. And I really get when the pandemic was going on and all of that, but... A lot of times it's kind of like, um, oh, you know, I mean, church good. You know, that's me and the Lord, brother. It's me and the Lord. You know, me and the Lord, when I'm in the, in, in the tree stand, man, I'm out there in the woods. There in the tree stand getting to like just murder one of his creations. But anyway, that's a different thing. It's a different thing. Like, I get that, right? You know, church is good, but, you know, I don't need to, I don't need to be a part of nothing. It's just me and the Lord. That analogy fails in, like, imagine this. Imagine you just got married, and you're married, and this is great. And I check in six months later, and we don't ever talk. We're married. How's that going for you, okay? Not well. Listen, a relationship with Jesus Christ is just as true as every other relationship that we have. What you sow into that. Now, there's the net, the goodness and grace of God where Jesus pursues, like are just trying to run and, try, and it just can't. You're bumping into people at 10 box and you're like, I just want to run. And God's like, no, no, because I love you that much. It's building ourselves up. The second thing is this, um, continue praying in the spirit. He says it right there in the verse. Now, this is a dual meaning of a verse. Oftentimes, the second lesser meaning has actually overshadowed the first initial meaning. Um, We believe in the spiritual gifts here. I can say that the supernatural gifts don't exist anymore. I just, I don't understand that logic. Now, the way in which they are applied and the distortion language, praying in the spirit, Romans 8 says, when we don't even know what to pray 
The Spirit of God intercedes for us and prays for us. But listen, this is not so much about a specific action of prayer. This is about an attitude of conversation with my wife throughout the day, right? It's an attitude of prayer. Continue that conversation with God. And the third thing is this. This is the one we're going to hate. Continue waiting on Jesus. Continue waiting on Jesus. In the future for me, I don't know what the next step is. What am I supposed to do? I will never forget hearing a preacher say this. You stay faithful at the last thing he told you to do. That's it. And nothing reveals our heart like waiting. This is, and by the way, all of this is a plurality of language. So we remember what we were taught. We remain in the love of God by continuing, by building ourselves up, praying in the Spirit, waiting on Jesus. And the third thing is this. Reach out. This is probably my favorite section in the entire letter. Listen to this tone in verse 22. And have mercy on those who doubt. Save others having even the garment stained by the flesh. Here's a fun fact for you. Do you know uh, the, the phrase uh, hell, fire? I grew up in a tradition that they would read this verse at the beginning of their sermon, and it was game on, baby. I mean, it was fire, brim. I mean, it was all of the, You're afraid to go to sleep at night, okay? Right, it was serious stuff. But look at the, at the deal to doubt. Grace is, is getting what you don't deserve. Grace is an unearned gift from an unobligated giver. That's grace. You do deserve. So imagine this. There's someone who has questions. And by the way, can I speak to the parents for just a moment? I know sometimes there's seasons in our children's lives. sends every parent into an anxiety attack. Doubt. I just have doubt. Can I tell you something? And you may have never heard this before. That is a good thing. I know you love them. But there is a point when it becomes a relationship with Jesus Christ. And do you know what doubt is? Doubt is not a bad thing. Here's the definition of doubt. Doubt happens. High schoolers start doubting. Because their faith has never been tested. And then they go to a university and there's some professor who has it out for the Bible and anything, anything like that. But they know for certain that the Bible is untrustworthy and they start shooting out half-wit facts that could be, be shot down if you just Googled it. And then the kid comes home from college. And the reality is, is remember what Thomas did? Disciples come to him and say, he's alive. Jesus is alive. And Thomas, you just got to translate it. And he goes, we saw him beat almost to death, hung outside in the scorching sun for six and a half hours. He's not alive. And the disciples go, he's alive. And then Thomas says, when I see him, I'll believe Jesus enters the room. And what does Jesus do with Thomas? Right, I love the Lord a thousand times. Because in this house, we love the Lord, right? What? Thomas, come here. 
shows them his hands. Jesus can handle your questions. And then the second group is the wanderers. This is a little different. This is not, I'm desiring to believe, but I lack evidence. This is, and let me tell you something, I'm doing okay in it, right? I'm doing all right. Here's what needs to happen in there. You see, the first, they need to almost be, the wanderer needs the full force of the consequence. Right? The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down or he'll bust your knees and make you lie down in green pastures. The choice is yours. Here's the sentence. God calls us to comfort the afflicted and to afflict the comforted. And they lack evidence and there's patience and we're going to figure this out. But God calls us to not forego the consequences and affliction for those who have a false thinking God's patience for passivity. And my dear friends, please remember that our God is patient, but our God is not passive. These are all good things. These are all things of how a loving father, love of God we reach out to doubters and wonders. And the last thing is this. Oh my goodness, this is just, I've been waiting the whole series to get here. This is the last thing. This is the last guarantee of God. This doxology beginning in verse 24 that goes to verse 25 is one of the most beautiful portions of scripture that you will find in your Bible. You want to read it again out loud. Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling. Some of you didn't even know that was in your Bible. And as if that wasn't enough, of his glory with great joy to the only God, our Savior, through Jesus Christ, our Lord, be glory, majesty, dominion. Of Amen. This speaks also, by the way, to the eternality of Jesus Christ. He never had a beginning. All time. If there was a creation point, then it wouldn't be all time. That really work in our life. And listen, I'm closing with this. this is, oh, this is so good. Here's what Jesus does. Jesus preserves us. Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling. Doesn't depend on you. And then, and then you start reading the scriptures out of desperation. Going, God, give me a word. And you find verses like 1 John 3, 20. Um, heart. So on days when we wake up and we don't feel saved and we're worried and we read and we go, oh yeah, God is even stronger than the doubts in my heart. 1 Thessalonians 5, 24. He who called you is faithful. He will surely do it. And then Paul in saying, for he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion unto the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. This is what God does for us. And the second thing is just as important, that Jesus presents us. Did you see that little portion? Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and then to, to present you on that day, blameless, saved us. But right now, if we were to be dead honest... We believe that Jesus is disappointed with us. And the Bible says, 
No. Do you know how your kids will like draw something or make something? And it's like, look, 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 look. Presents you before his father. Look, look at them. They're here. Look at what you create in full glory. Which leads us to the last thing it says, with grace. Must think that Jesus saved us, but he's disappointed in us. No, 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 no. Jesus saved you and actually delights in you. He enjoys that time. This is how Jude chooses to end his letter to these Christians. And says, there is a battle, but rest most importantly in the sovereignty of God. As the band comes and leads us in a time of response, who keep themselves in the faith. God keeps those who keep themselves in the faith. And in closing, I was reminded this week of a scene in a particular day and the Great World War and, you know, the storyline. If you haven't seen it, I'm about to spoil everything because it's like 20 years old, okay? But there's four boys actually um, in war, and three of them have fallen in action. And so in order to save the family bloodline and the last name, they send a troop to go and find Private Ryan. Tom Hanks plays the lead faith, man, a battle. And the last scene when many of the soldiers have passed away and Tom Hanks leans forward to Matt Damon and he whispers something, and it shows Ryan as an old man with his whole family there at Tom Hanks's gravestone. And he breaks down in tears, and he calls his wife lived a good life. Tell me I've been a good man. And they replay the scene, and you find out what Tom Hanks says. Tom Hanks leans forward to Matt Damon, Private Ryan, and whispers, live a life worthy of these men dying to save you. Listen, that's what it is to be a Christian every day of our life. God that died to save us every day. So there's one question in closing. I mean, we, we studied a book of the Bible. And there's one question in application in light of Jude's letter and the words. Oh, no, no, no. It can't be indifference. There can be no indifference when we hear about the majesty and glory and the grace of our God. There has to be a life worthy of the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. Father God, we come before you today so thankful for your word. God, we are so thankful for your grace. But the application just begins. We now start the building, the keeping on, the continuing in our life. And God, I pray for those in this room today. Pay me and keep my commandments. I will love you. And today a light bulb has come on. And now they don't work for grace. They work from it. God, I pray for those of us now who this series has sparked a little bit of conviction out of boldness. There are some friends, there are some doubt told me to get up off the couch. We contend for the faith, but we do it out of compassion and conviction. And God, in just a moment, 
What a beautiful sight to see of the true application of those who have given their life to you. New as life. Jesus, the grave is empty, but your throne is occupied. And today, your grace rains down in this place. And in the precious name of Jesus Christ, amen. Would you stand to your feet?